You are listening to students at the Ohio State School for the Blind prepare for the Braille Challenge. Currently working on speed and accuracy. There are six levels of competition. Explorers, Apprentice, Freshman, Sophomore, Junior Varsity, and Varsity. In each level, students will compete in these categories. Proofreading, Reading Comprehension, Reading Charts and Graphs, and Speed and Accuracy. Good luck to the students this year, and thank you to Mrs. Robin Finley for organizing and putting together this trip. And a special congratulations to the following students who placed in their categories in the Braille Challenge. At the apprentice level, in third place, we had Adia Navarro. Congratulations. And in second place, in the apprentice level, we had Brian Patton Adams. Great job, guys. At the freshman level, third place, Javen Hall. Good job, Javen. At the sophomore level, in second place, Amina Ahmed. Good job, Amina. At the junior varsity level, in second place, we have Perseus Decker. And in first place, Hope Bashirs. Congratulations, ladies. And at the varsity level, in third place, Emmy Bennett. And in second place, Emily Wilson, our own Emily off the podcast team. So congratulations to everyone who participated in the Braille Challenge and a extra huge shout out to those students who placed in their events so this month is the 80th anniversary of the polaroid camera and as you may recall if you watched last month's podcast matt got a polaroid camera for christmas so he decided that he would bring in his polaroid pop and show us how it works. Take it away, Matt. Okay, so... Oh, it's beeping loud. Go ahead. So I got the Polaroid Pop for Christmas, and first to turn it on, there's a bright red button, so you hold that down. And to put in the film, the bottom of the tray will come out, and you just slide in the film, and then pop the tray back in. So will, you, it, will it only fit in one way? Yeah. Okay, that's good. So you can take pictures with the actual camera, or you can hook it up to your phone. You can also take videos with the camera, but you can't, you know, print those. You can do videos, you can do GIFs, and then you can also edit your photos. So let's say I take a photo of Mr. Kelly, which I'm not going to do because I'm not wasting my precious film on that. Um, I can go into the editing part. And I can color on it or put stickers or write and then hit print. So I'm going to print a photo from my phone. So first, I have to get off the school's Wi-Fi or just whatever Wi-Fi I'm on. And since my camera's already turned on, I'm good with that part. So I go into settings. You go into Wi-Fi. And then it will say my pop and then a number. Okay. So this is like connecting to an Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my phone says it's connected, so then there's an app that you download. So you go into the Polaroid Pop app, and it'll say connect device. Well, my device is already connected, so I don't need to go through that. I tap the gallery part, which is several little dots in the corner. You also can uh, take photos on the app, too, and then send them to your camera. So I'm going to go into photos. I'm going to tap the photo that I want. And then it, there's a certain amount where it will fit into. If I want to edit the photo, I can. Like, let's say, um, okay, I'll write. So do you just hold the photo down and, and do you get handles where you can drag it or increase the, the lighting of it or decrease? Yeah, so I tap it. And then uh, you can it'll pull it up. I can also go through filters if I want to put a filter on the photo. Uh-huh. And I can put borders. Okay, so... You can, you can color, let's say, like, here, I'll put a red around it. We'll put red around it. 
Okay, so I just colored on it. Okay, and this is coming up on the screen of the camera or the screen of your phone. This is on my phone, but you okay. can also do this on your camera too. The okay. camera's a touch screen. Gotcha. So, but it's easier on my phone because I can make it bigger. Okay. And then hold it closer to my face and see it. Because the, the phone camera is a little bit bigger than the camera screen. Right. Well, that makes sense if that phone screen is bigger, give you more real estate to, to work on. Yeah, and the app will go to your iPad too. So if you want to print photos from there and make it even bigger, you can do that on your iPad. Okay. All right. So I colored on the photo. And then if I want, I can go into filters and edit it that way. But I don't have to. So what is the what is the process of adding text labels to your photos? Um, so mainly I you draw them with your finger. Oh, okay. So like handwriting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was thinking maybe you'd get a little keyboard down at the bottom of your screen. No, yeah. that that hasn't been added yet. Okay. All right. Um, but if you want, I can give you an autograph. I can sign a photo for you. <laughs> yeah, a picture of Matt. With Matt's autograph. With my autograph on it. Okay, that'd be great. So then after I'm done editing the photo, uh, I hit done. Mm -hmm. And it says save and print, print only or just save. So if I don't want to print it now, I can save what I've done and it will go to my camera roll. Okay. But I want to print. Mm -hmm. So it will pull up another screen and I can print as many copies as I want. It'll... At least I think it's as many as I want, yeah. Right. Oh, wait, no, it's up to five. Okay. I lied. It's up to five. Right. Um, so then I just hit print for my phone. And it loads. And it says transferring on the camera. Mm-hmm. It says printing one of one. And how long does this printing process take? Um, it's not too long. I'm waiting so to... I'm waiting to hear if it's going to make a noise when it prints. It is. And this is a non-ink printer. It doesn't use ink. A non-ink printer. How does that work? Honestly, I don't know. Is it laser or is it? There's got to be some cartridge you have to put in there to... Well, it's on the film, I guess. I have to dig into that a little bit and see how that works. So the photo's coming out of the camera now. That is silent. There it is. And there we go. And do you have a, a dark place or anything? For no, it to, it's just no, printed it's just like it is. So yeah. it's it's already developed. It's Yep, it's, it's fine. Well, that's great. It's ready to go. All right. So. And then on the phone it says, print success, see pop. <laughs> so then I go back. And then to print a photo, like I take from the camera, like your smile, Mr. Kelly, you can put it up in your... Uh-huh. I don't smile. Internal memory full. My memory <laughs> is full. <laughs> it, you broke it. <laughs> I broke the camera. Not again. Actually, it's just too much goodness to be captured in such a small lens. Oh, I'm sure. That's what it is. Hear me. I know that's what it is. You can go in and delete. But, but this is great. I, I think this is a this is a wonderful device. Uh, I was always fascinated with Polaroid cameras when I was a kid because I don't know why I couldn't see the pictures, but they're cool. And you can just to, yeah, you, you got a picture right here. now. You want a picture of you? Put it up in your working on the podcast. We're gonna put that. All right. Your smile. Okay, I'm smiling. We look. And then it will load in the left, the bottom left corner. So literally there's a little printer icon in the left corner and I tap that. Mm. And then just like on the phone, it pulls up the same screen, except I can add a date to this on the camera. Okay. And it's February the 5th. Yep. And it already has the date in in it. Okay. And then I hit print. And then we'll... And you'll get a beautiful picture. The The most... I, this has got to be the most elegant, glamorous, oh, I'm sure. best-looking Didn't picture. even need to edit it. I didn't have to go through that. No, it's you just didn't so, have to go through that process at all. Just so wonderful. Well, we'll put this one up. It broke my camera. <laughs> Filled up the memory on your camera. <laughs> the first time it did, yeah. yeah. So this sounds like it's uh, very intuitive and easy to use. And, oh, yeah. It's and, really easy to figure out and mess around with. Yeah. Have you had any 
uh, visual problems with it or um, you able to get around that with your phone screen? With my phone, I've been able to just get around that. All right. And you've got the, which, which phone do you got now? I have an iPhone 11. Oh, you got the 11. Is it the Pro? So the camera's or? great. Okay. In the, right. in the camera on the phone, I will say it's better than the Polaroid, but the Polaroid kind of makes it look more vintage, makes it look sure. cool. Yeah, and you can download. I'm, I'm assuming that you can download photos from anywhere on the Internet. Yeah, you know, that's what I did with or, the first photo. I printed a character from a TV show. Okay, yeah, so you can download those pictures and just and just print them off. Yeah. All right, that's like How much does the film cost? for? Um, it's about a buck a, a piece, so if you get like 40 40, like a packet of 10, that's $10. Mm-hmm. Normally they come in sets of 40, so it's $40. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So if you want to buy photos, it's three fifty. Yeah, so it's convenient. Yeah. A little, little pricey, but it's convenient. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, like, I don't print photos too often on it the way I save my film. Mm-hmm. But you could also print a photo that make copies of that photo on, like, a copier if you wanted to give it to multiple people. Sure. Let me ask you this. How does the editing capabilities of Polaroid Pop compare with other uh, editors that you've used in the past? Do you like this better? Is it easier to use? Um, So there's another app that I actually use if I really want to edit a photo because you can cut it out and do all this different uh, stuff with it. It's called Pic Collage. I've used that for like six years now. All right. Pic Collage. It's really... It's it's really nice, and you don't even if you want to cut something out, which is nice because I can't you know, see the yeah. exact photo. Yeah. So to cut around it, if you just cut out like the basic outline of it, and then hit one of the options, it will just cut it out, and you'll have what you wanted. Okay, so really, you could use both apps if you wanted to. You could yeah edit it and pick collage, and then you could and then it will save to your photos, and then yeah. you just go into the Polaroid Pop app and pull up your photos and print it from there. Oh. Very good. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. No problem. There you go. Matt, taking care of all your photographic needs here on the OSSB podcast. Yeah. And we have one of Mr. Kelly. Um, I think my camera's broken now. The screen is just shattered. (laughs) And then to turn it off, you just go into the left corner and then turn it off. There you go. And don't forget to go back in the settings and reconnect to the Wi-Fi. Yep. Or will it do that automatically since you disconnected? Uh, it probably do that automatically. Cause probably would. Oh, you would. These devices are doing great things these days, aren't they? Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Okay, and what do we have coming up next? Up next, we have the wrestling and cheerleading team visiting Central High School during their conference down in Arkansas. Yeah, Central High School is one of the first schools in the South to integrate. And we are going to share with you what they learned about what happened at Central High School. It's very interesting. You should definitely keep listening. All right. Let's check it out. So we are walking on our way down to Central High. Elizabeth would have walked right down this street. Listen, what do you hear? Traffic. Traffic? I want you to imagine, though, there's no traffic to be heard. There's this low, loud, repetitive chant. It'd be terrifying, right? And as she starts to walk closer to the school and she sees, again, the soldiers, who she thinks are there to do what? Protect her. She sees the guys with cameras and microphones. She sees this crowd of people, and that's the ones who are chanting really loudly. And she can make out what they're saying when she gets closer. It's this really loud, two, four, six, eight. We don't want to integrate. When she crosses the street, there's a soldier at the corner right here by the high school. And he stops her. Interestingly enough, he doesn't stop any of the white students. It's their second day of school. They're just walking right on campus. No big deal. He stops her and tells her, I'm not allowed to let you in here at this entrance to the school. And he directs her down the street. Central High School is 
two blocks long. So she thinks, well, maybe I need to go in the main entrance because I do remember when I had talked the last time to Virgil Blossom, you know, the guy in charge of this plan. He did tell me on my first day of school, I need to go to the main office. I'm a transfer student, you know, take care of any paperwork, right? Get my class schedule. But as she makes her way down the street, she finds pretty quickly that those soldiers aren't there to protect her at all. They stand back off the sidewalk, some of them looking completely disinterested, arms folded, no one offering any attempt to help her at all. Meanwhile, the other nine are making their way to school. Daisy Bates driving her and her husband to meet the kids at this rendezvous point. Daisy hears on the radio, there is an unattended, they use the word Negro, Negro student attempting to enter Central High School. And that's when it clicks with her. I didn't tell the Eckfords. I forgot to tell the Eckfords. She knows they don't have a phone. And she meant to go by either the night she found out or earlier this morning. And she forgets. Imagine the panic that she feels. And yet Elizabeth just keeps walking. As Liz makes her way down this street, where we're standing now, we would have been behind uh, army lines. So we're in the spot where some of those white students would have been just watching this all unfold. Some of them, I'm sure, enjoying it, laughing about it, thinking this is uh, amusing to them. And Liz keeps walking down the street in front of Central High School. She tries once there at the corner. She tries twice. This time, the guys don't just say, I can't let you in. They take their rifles they're carrying and they cross them in front of her to let her know with a show of force, we're not letting you in. When she finally gets down to the middle of the street, that's when she thinks I'll ask one more time. Because now she's starting to get a little discouraged. Understandably so, right? Mm -hmm. That soldier says, I'm not allowed to let you in here. Right? Plain as the nose on your face. Now Elizabeth is really, uh, it's kind of fight or flight. Sets in. She can't turn around and come back the way we just came from and go to that gas station across the street. There's an old gas station across the street that was a working gas station and we saved it because, this is crazy, we saved it because of the payphones. In 1957, all the media here to cover this, there's no internet, there's no Twitter, there's no TikTok, there's no Snapchat. You had to find out, if you want to call somebody, you better have a phone in your house or have a handful of change. And the reporters who told the world this story did it at payphones in a gas station, right? History is pretty interesting like that. Liz thinks I can't make it back to the gas station and get on a payphone and call a cab. Cabs have already been integrated along with buses. She just thinks if I can make it to the other end of the high school, the way I'm walking, there's a bus bench there. And in her little 15-year-old mind, you know what she thought? If I can just make it to that bus bench, I'll be safe. As she walks that last block, and the crowd swarmed around her, kind of like you're all gathered around me, one photograph gets taken. Well, many do, but one especially gets taken. And in that picture, you encapsulate everything that Jim Crow stands for. You've got the face of one 15-year-old African-American teenager who's never known this opportunity, ever. Her family's never known it. And right behind her is the face of another 15-year-old girl who is white, who's always known this type of opportunity. Her name is Hazel. Elizabeth and Hazel forever linked by one photograph. In that picture, Hazel is in the midst of yelling, go back to Africa. And they catch her face with this snarl and just the most angry, vicious face that a child could make. That picture goes around the world and shows America and the world what the face of integration looks like, what the face of change looks like, what the face of resistance looks like. When Liz gets to the end of that street and sits on that bus bench, by this time, Daisy has arrived at the other end and the other nine are making their way over as they planned. Daisy sends her husband, LC, down here to find Liz. He's got a gun. 
he finds her and sits on the bench beside her and tries to get her to come back with him. She doesn't know Mr. Bates that well, and so she doesn't want to go with him. And she's terrified he's got a gun. She's basically frozen to that bench for 35 minutes. That's about as long as we've been together. And in that time, people try to come help her. One journalist from New York City sits down beside her and actually wipes the tears coming down from under her glasses. In the Jim Crow South, a white man doesn't touch a black woman. The crowd threatened to attack this man. A woman who's friends of the Bateses, her name is Grace. Grace shows up and loses it with that crowd. She gets on that bench almost like it's a podium, and I'll paraphrase what she says. How can you treat a child this way? What if this were your child? Months from now, you're all going to regret this. Everything she says, I think, is true. Sometimes when you face people with the truth, it just makes them angry. And that crowd gets even angrier. Grace tries to take Elizabeth into the... There's a drugstore across the street from the high school. She tries to take Liz in there to use the payphone. They lock the doors. Finally, when a bus comes... Grace gets on that bus with Elizabeth and they ride away. Meanwhile, the other nine, not really sure what's happened with Elizabeth, they show up where we just crossed the street. And they're met by the commanding officer of the Arkansas National Guard, who is happy to tell those preachers who are in the lead of those nine students, we are under orders from the governor not to let you into this school. On the first day of integrated school in Little Rock, 10 young people come, and all 10 of them go home. And now the story is going to kind of speed up because now the federal government gets involved. President Eisenhower gets involved. The attorney general gets involved. Over the next several days, there's not a second attempt by those 10 to come back. As a matter of fact, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to lose one of those 10. She takes herself off the list and goes back to the school where she feels more comfortable. The president and the governor will sit down and have a conversation in Rhode Island about uh, 10, 12 days after this happens. In the meantime, though, President Eisenhower has signed the Civil Rights Act of 1957, the first meaningful piece of legislation to advance the civil rights of African Americans since the end of Reconstruction, right? Since the end of the Civil War you know, military occupation. And, hey, and you'd think that would be the, the spark that would just blow this wide open and put an end to it. But, guys, it doesn't. The Democrats in the South have picked that bill apart and weakened it, taken away all its teeth. And in that was a provision to allow marshals, U.S. marshals, to help with situations just like this. But meanwhile, day by day, that National Guard, they stay out here. The governor has no reason to change. Matter of fact, he files an injunction saying, let's delay integration. You know what his reasoning is? Look at the violence on the street on the first day. Well, who caused that? Well, you could argue that he did. You're absolutely right. But the judge says, I'm not going to rule on this until September 20th. So more than two weeks is going to go by of no school for the now Little Rock nine, the nine kids who still want to do this, okay? Let me pause for one second. I'm gonna go and we're gonna open this door and I'm gonna, we're gonna go in the school, okay? I'm gonna tell you one more quick story that shows what the power of one person can be. One day while walking through that building, a lady stopped over there and was just staring at the bathroom sign. And then she started to cry. And it was one of those deep down in her soul, let it all out moments. She says, I was a student at Central High School in 1957. And one day I was in this bathroom and I watched while other people just like me attacked one of the Little Rock Nine. As she's telling this, I'm listening. And you know what I'm thinking? I hate to say it, I'm a cynical person sometimes. I'm thinking... Well, she's telling me I watched and they because she wants me to know she didn't do it. But she's innocent of this crime. That's it. Then she stopped my thoughts when she said these last two sentences. And then we'll go back. 
she said, I never wanted to come back in this place because I am so ashamed of what I did not do. And then she looked at all of us. And by this time, everybody was at complete attention, right? And she said this, and I hope this stays with you. She said, never doubt that one moment cannot change your life. You're going to have that Central High School moment. You may have already had it. You may have it again. It's what you do with that moment that can not just change your life, but someone else's. And Elizabeth loves to say, she'll probably say it next week, so I'm going to spoil maybe one of her lines. She says, a smile can save somebody's life. Not many smiles were received that year by her, but the ones that did saved her life. All right. So as you may know, February 14th is Valentine's Day. But we didn't have school that day. So our annual Valentine's Day dance hosted by the student council took place on the 13th instead. Matt went around and talked to people about their dance experiences. It was a very fun dance. There was food. That's important. There was also music DJed by one of the student council members. And we hope you enjoy what we got from it. And here we have Mrs. Parrish to talk to us about the Valentine's Day dance that's currently happening. Yeah, this is our second annual dance that student council has put on. All of the kids who are on the council plan this themselves. We decided to do a Valentine's Day dance, and because we don't have school on Valentine's Day, we are having it the day before. All of the music, the snacks, the food, the dancing was all planned by the kids themselves. Awesome. What's your favorite song that they've played? There were a lot of really good ones this year. Um, it might have been Alejandra, though, by Lady Gaga. Yeah? Yeah. That's your bop? It's a classic, yeah. It's good. Hello. Hello. What did you like about the dance? The wobble. The wobble? The wobble. Was that your favorite song? Most definitely. Yes. Same. What about you, Miss Trot? What did you like about the dance? The cupcakes. The cupcakes? <laughs> what about you, Miss Smith, and your Hawaiian music? What did you like about oh, the dance? I like the uh, snack room the best. Snack room? Yeah, it's where I've been the whole time. <laughs> you just been vibing? Sorry. Yes. Hey, Dee. Yeah, What's up? What did you like about the dance? I liked when we did the conga line. It was really fun, but I was losing Miss Barden oh, no. for a little bit, and then I kind of attached to her again, and then Amy on my shoulders. It was really fun. That's good. <laughs> okay, I want to welcome to the podcast, along with the podcast team, we have Miss Claudia from the Ohio Arts Council. She's our guest artist this year, and Mr. Schwamberger our history teacher here at OSSB, and we're going to talk about the history project, how it's going, uh, what we put together so far, and what we want to do. So welcome to the podcast, guys. All right. Hey, it's good to be here. All right. Miss Claudia, what are we doing? Hey. <laughs> our guest artist. Just bring us up to speed here. How are things going? My name is Claudia Redder, and I've been here at this school since September through a grant from the Ohio Arts Council. You may or may not have heard about the school history project that's been kind of happening since the start of the school year, but that's what I've been working on here with art teacher Rochelle Smith. Um, Adam Schwamberger, Erica Barden, and Dan Kelly. The project's focus is the creation of a handmade book um, that details the history of the OSSB through the voices of present and past students, teachers, and members of the community who have been involved with the school. In addition to student writing and artwork, we're also hoping to include audio storytelling, some interviews, um, a selection of photographic portraits of students and staff, and a presentation of OSSB historical memorabilia. It's a, t- it's a tall order. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. And it sounds like it's going to be very exciting. We have put that out on, on Facebook in the uh, Ohio State School for the Blind Facebook group. So you guys have seen it there. And obviously we've been really talking about it here at school. Mr. Schwamberger, kind of catch us up with what we've done so far. It kind of leads into that. Yeah, when we, uh, I took the first part of this, being the uh, the social studies teacher here, our first thing was to kind of 
dig up some resources and start looking into researching. Um, it was kind of difficult when we first got our first like Braille books of uh, history. We had the Bicentennial book, which was like 1837 to 1937. And this, this book was huge. Many of our students like couldn't read it. Uh, due to like the type of braille that it was, we also used the history of the Ohio State School for the Blind from like 1837 to 1997. So what we did was we we did research using these books. We created timelines that we have posted up on our uh, outside of my door, and then um, we actually made some of these more accessible to our students. We've turned some of them into like large print, and then we've also made like audio copies. Um, of these books so our students can now like listen to them kind of got a timeline going yeah uh, we were trying to some... create just some a very interesting history and trying to kind of narrow it down to um, kind of simple stories mm-hmm. so. that's great also dug into some newspaper articles too i believe yeah, we had newspaper articles. We had uh, lots of yearbooks. I think I saw a couple with Mr. Kelly with some hair and mustaches on there. <laughs> that was a thing. That was <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was like guys. in the Stone Age. Did that existed. Yeah, well, like yeah, at one time, million years ago. Whoa! Yeah, for a couple of years, when That's I first started working here, true I, I did have hair. One of the one of the other things we also sort of unearthed were all these uh, wooden models made by the Works Process Administration um, back in Roosevelt's time. I think Adam wanted to talk a little bit about how those are going to be part of our final displays and how that project is sort of being revitalized. Yeah, how's that going to work? So yeah, the the WPA in the 1930s they started making a lot of these model models of famous sites. Uh, mostly, they're mostly built for blind students, and uh, we have, I think, one of the largest collections uh, in the United States of these models. We have probably about 50 of them, um, and they actually they need to be revitalized. They need to be restored. Uh, that was a project that was already kind of, kind of in the works, and it kind of slowed down a little bit, so this project has kind of brought it back out to light. We have a person that's going to be working on that hopefully we're going to have these all uh, a lot of them you know restored and uh so they can be put into classrooms and so we can put them on um kind of exhibits yeah Yeah, we have we have three exhibitions coming up um in relation to this project one is that going to be at the ohio state library at the end of april we have one scheduled at the Ohio State House itself in October and November of this year. And then at the end of May, we're going to have a big school open house that will have a lot of these on display, as well as the ingredients of the project mm-hmm. itself. So, Oh, wow. That's going to be great. And these exhibitions are going to be open to the public? Absolutely. You yeah. will all receive an invitation. All right. All right. Finger sandwiches? Finger sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you do at art, art exhibits, but this is going to be fun. So where we are now, uh, so we've talked about what we want to put in the book. How are we going to get all this stuff together? Yeah, so we're still kind of collecting information. Rochelle Smith had a great quote. She said, our people are the timeline. And she's so right because we can dig up all these historical facts about the school, but really it's the people that make the school's history and so we need stories from people that are here today and we'll be sort of soliciting stories and memories from students here but we also want to put the call out to the podcast community and alumni and parents and aides and anybody who might be listening to contribute something to this project and so I have a couple of prompts. If you'd like to send something in, think about maybe writing a page um, about a favorite memory you have from this being at the school. Maybe there's someone at the school who had a big impact on your life. You could write about that. Um, maybe you'd like to give some advice to current students who are here. And another one we thought of was, how did uh, your experience at OSSB affect your life. So if you could think about one of those four things and send us in a page of your thoughts, 
if you'd like, add a photo as well, either of yourself or of one of the school that you have from long ago, please do, because we're going to try to include them all in some way, shape, or form in this project. Yeah, and, and audio files too. You can email all that stuff to me, and my email address is dkelly, D-K-E-L-L-E-Y, at ossb.oh.gov, and uh, I'll make sure it gets to where it needs to go. I guess one other thing I'd add is that um, in addition to stories, we'll probably be making some photographic portraits of students, possibly faculty and staff, and a student artwork project, too, which we're still working out the details for. So this project has many components. It sure sounds like (laughs) Hopefully we'll get to them all. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a tall order uh, between now and April. But, um, you know, <laughs> the power of many will get it done. I exactly. Do believe, right? Everyone's getting really excited, which is it's it's great to come in. I'm usually here on Wednesdays and, you know, everyone's saying hello in the hall and wondering what we're going to be doing that day. So it's it's a really great vibe. And I'm so happy that we're going to be able to include the wider community. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about that. Is, do you feel like you're you're bringing some of the community in in this process? Is it kind of drawing people together? in this effort to I think so and I think you're the biggest part of that because you've got the the radio waves right uh, throwing myself into everything all the time anyway um, that's accurate but yeah because everyone here is the history of the school and right. we're making history right now and the Ohio Arts Council is actually really excited about this too because I think they really like to put their funding behind projects that affect an entire community and not just a single classroom. So um, you're at, you're answering my next question. Oh, okay, so that's <laughs> so, great. <laughs> you have answered that question, and I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, guys, it's it's not about the the project is not about a building. It's not about a campus. It's it's about the people. It's about the OSSB family. It's about the OSSB mission and where we came from, and obviously where we're going. Mr. Swanberger, you got anything you want to add? Uh, if anyone has any stories about the bear wrestling <laughs> in the gym. That's been a very... Uh, people have been topic. wondering about that, so I'm, I'm very curious about yep. that. If anyone has any stories about that. We also need a classroom to take this. on making a life-size paper mache bear to display in the gym. I will personally <laughs> wrestle the bear. I will reenact it. Do it. Okay. Yeah, I, I keep hearing about this bear story too, and I don't. What is this bear? When did this happen? I don't know. Mrs. Butler knows. Mrs. Butler knows. Oh, yeah, no. We're gonna have to get Mrs. Butler <laughs> up here and talk I, about I'll that. I'll ask her. <laughs> Maybe that'll spark I, some memories. I see her almost every day. I'm gonna go ask her. Yeah, I, I do see her every day. Yeah, stories like that. You know, put something in there about going to the Rose Parade. I think that was pretty significant. Mm-hmm. You know, first uh, blind band to go be in the I'll, Rose Parade. No, yeah. I, I don't think anybody. Here, that still goes here. Went to the Rose Parade, so Tell send you. it in if you're listening and if you went. Hello. Yeah, yeah we got a, we got a bunch of guys. Um, we took 38 kids that year, and we had like 96 people in all go, including marching assistants and Dang. parents and staff. So it was an amazing trip. Uh, but I, you know, we need to include some stuff on that. And I actually may have a journal. That I kept from when I went, so I might. Oh, so we'll get them. to we'll get to read Dan Kelly's diary. Yes, <laughs> dear diary. Don't put Dan Kelly's diary in the same sentence. I love that sentence. Today, today we went to the Rose Bowl parade, and oh my gosh, my heart fluttered. <laughs> oh, that's not me. Not me. I'm sorry. Today we went to the Rose Bowl parade, <laughs> and my heart it fluttered. <laughs> All right, Matt. <laughs> I see where your grade's going. All right. But That's uh, okay. No, this is, this is a, a great project, and there's already been a lot of uploads in the Facebook group, uh, especially of that class of 2005 and 2006. I've put up a lot of pictures. Oh, great. So we're going to grab those. And uh, there's some, you know, there's a few stories that are, that are floating around. Uh, Lori Kaplan created a photo album in the group that you can put your pictures in, kind of keep them all together. 
So if you put them in that album, that'll be great. Also, if you create a post to talk about this, you can add post to album and you can put it right in that history book album on there. So that'll help us out, keep everything together. And like, like I said, you can always email me your stuff too. Uh, we'll get it saved all in the history book archive folder so that we can put this together because the story is about us, right? And the more we put into this, the, the more the story is going to be. It's something that we can all be proud of in the end. So just want to thank you guys for working real hard, spearheading this thing giving us some direction and keeping it going. Thanks for having All us. Right, thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you. You dared. <laughs> and if you want to share pictures, audio files, or write up something, you can do that on the Facebook page in the Ohio State School for the Blind group, or you can email those to me at dkelly, D-K-E-L-L-E-Y, at ossb.oh.gov. Well, you know what that music means, Mr. Kelly. Uh, what does that music mean? That music means that our fourth grade class is back at it again with their coding. Back at it again. Coding. This time they're doing if-then statements. If this, if I do this, then that will happen. Exactly. Now let's see it put to use with Miss McCumber's class. So this morning we started talking about if-then statements and coding and we introduced the concept of conditional statements or conditional actions which can only occur under given conditions. So we talked about if it is raining, then I will put on a raincoat. Or if it is raining, I will get an umbrella. Then I will get an umbrella. The activity we're going to do today is you guys are going to play games. You're going to demonstrate how to play these games using if-then statements. We're going to play games that we know. We're going to play Uno. We're going to play the game War. And we're going to play the game 21. Each group will have a different game to play. All right? All right? Each group will have two people. Your job is going to be when you you two are going to work together, you're going to figure out the rules of the game, and then you're going to tell you're going to demonstrate and tell someone how to play this game using if then statements. In order to understand what we're going to do, we're going to play Simon says. Right? Simon says is an if then game. Yeah. What are the rules of Simon Says? Josh. If Simon, if the person says something like, Simon says that, like move a body part, jump around. Right. Then you would do that action. Okay. So if Simon says jump around, then you jump around. Brianna? Another rule is if Simon doesn't say you don't move. Okay, so if the person does not say Simon says, then you do not move. Easy enough? Yeah. Right? Okay. So, let's play Simon says. Yeah. Everyone stand up, please. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes. Yes, ma'am, ma'am, yes. Ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes. So, Simon says... Involves conditional action. Simon says, pat your head. Nice job. Simon says, jump on one foot. (laughs) Bow to your teacher. Oh, Simon did not say bow to your teacher. (laughs) So, AJ wins the game because he's the only one who didn't do it. So, very easily... Simon says is a conditional game, right? Simon, you do not do anything unless the leader says Simon says. Okay, so as a reminder, you are all working in pairs. Play the game for a period of time so that you're comfortable doing it. 
then you need to work on how would I explain this game to another person using if-then statements, all right? So with Uno, if I am the dealer, then I give every player seven cards. If I am playing war, then I will split the deck in half and each player gets half of the deck. That is your job right now. We're gonna take videos of you both explaining and demonstrating the game using if-then statements. Do you guys have any questions over anything you're doing right now? Um, I have a question. Yes, Josh. Um, what if we like forget to our like if-then statements that we remember? And okay. we have to like think of them on the spot. Are we able to do that? Well, if I'm planning ahead and I'm thinking, okay, so at the end of this, I'm gonna have to demonstrate this. And I'm going to have to explain this. What would be a good thing in planning to do? Get paper and pencil. Brianna said, get paper and pencil. And write it down. And write it down. That would be a good strategy to make sure that I say everything I want. Well, that was pretty cool. It was it, very interesting. If-then statements done in a very concrete way. And here is a blast from the past that we, we used the loops on the iPad. Oh, wow. Back in... 2017. Oh my goodness. Free Logic Pro. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Up next, we have a special treat for you. The folks from Humanware came into town for a visit, doing workshops and things of that nature. And uh, three of the crew stopped by OSSB. And we thought we'd do a little podcasting on the fly to see what they're up to at Humanware. We had uh, Jim Sullivan on here about this time last year, and he has since moved on to other endeavors. But luckily, we have three folks joining us today. And let's go around the table, and I'll just have you guys introduce who you are and what you do, and we'll start with the ambassador himself, Peter Tusick. Oh, what a great intro. And I, I guess I have diplomatic immunity everywhere I go. I am Peter Tusick. I am the brand ambassador of blindness products for Humanware. All right, and then we'll come on across the table to Paul. Hello, my name is Paul Stevenson, and I am the regional account manager for the Midwest uh, U.S. Territory. So, yeah, he is the new Jim Sullivan. He is Paul Stevenson, and he is doing... In the flesh and blood, yeah. Yeah, and right doing, in front of us. Yeah, and you're doing what Jim Sullivan used to do. Yes. And, and more, right? Plenty more. Yeah, what? <laughs> As needed. That's, what the, that's, that's what the plan. <laughs> right? And over here, Joel. Hey, I'm Joel Zimba, and I'm a blindness product specialist with Humanware. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you all here, and I wanted you to talk about what Humanware's up to now. What, what's new, what's what's innovative, what's the future look like in Love your it. blindness and low vision well, products? Well, like any technology company, we are always, always, always excited about the present, but we're really looking into the future. So currently, we will be coming out with an update to the BrailleNote Touch Plus. Uh, that's going to be happening in about sometime by the by april 2020 um, we're going to bring in one-handed mode on the device we will bring in a full scientific calculator uh, that'll have nemeth code and we'll have ueb braille support all the way across the board in that so, and then yeah so you'll be able to do math in nemeth or in UEB you will be able to do math in nemeth code or i know your personal favorite ueb math yeah. mr dan <laughs> that's <laughs> right so you will be able to, uh, to to do that, and then we'll also be bringing in Braille tables. So if you have a, a, a user or if you yourself are not as familiar with contracted Braille, maybe you know semi-contracted Braille, we'll call it, um, you can employ Duxbury learning tables. So if you maybe only know four or six or ten contractions, and you can you can only use those when the translation takes place. Oh, that's very interesting, sort of what Duxbury does with their learning tables. Yes, so we're going to, and that's exactly what we're taking. So we're okay. taking those Duxbury learning tables and we're building them into um, our, when you when you create a language profile, you'll be able to choose one of those series. So it could be the UEB takeoff, it could be the Mangold, Mangold the TSBVI, 
um, many different series out there. Okay. So that'll be really neat. And then the final piece, which I'm going to say this with a, uh, you might have to bleep me because we're going to have PDF support in keyword. But I don't know if that's actually, I haven't seen the alpha. So hopefully our product manager never hears this. Although I know he's an avid listener to the podcast, so we'll see what happens. That's great. The OSSB podcast, it's global. It's global it is it's quite the reach, yeah, I must say. It, it, New Zealand, baby. Nice. They're listening to it in, uh, in New Zealand. So That's awesome. Yeah. The only thing farther than so, that's the moon, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to go back to the Braille tables just for a second and, and you know, kind of get your take on using those Braille tables. Do you think that you know, they are a good thing, obviously, but they would possibly create bad habits with so reading Braille. Or can you can you kind of weed that out? I love the question because what, what I think, could they create bad habits? Absolutely. But I think really what we want to do and what we're seeking to do is to allow for the user to grow into the device. So instead of saying, you know, I would love for my student or my user or myself to use the device, but I have to know fully contracted Braille. Um, We want you to say, no, that's not really necessary. You can have somebody who's learning Braille and only knows a certain amount of contractions start to use the device. And as they learn more contractions, they can grow into eventually that full, full contracted Braille code. Um, But I understand what you're saying, because if you leave it in that, let's say you, you prefer the UEB takeoff series four, right? And that might only have 26 contractions and it doesn't have, oh, I don't know, the IN contraction, for instance. And then you're you're just not seeing it. So then you're thinking, well, this is UEB when it's actually not, right? It's not fully contracted. We want you to be able to use it as as you grow and as you learn Braille. Right. With all the TVIs that I work with, I I tell them about those learning tables. And I use that as as an illustration that, you know, Duxbury is not 100%. Right. You still got to know your Braille and you, you got to be able to edit the Braille because you're taking another example, like the word about. Right. What if the OU sign was right. introduced before the short firm about AB and it would contract that ABOU sign T? Yes. So as the teacher, you know, you have to proof that and say, oh, you don't know this you know, yet. Know right. This. So we need to take that OU sign out of there and put OU. Right. So. That's yeah. That's very cool, and I, and I like that premise. I like we're the excited. We're excited because we want, with any device we build, we want it to work for somebody who's just learning, and we want it to work for somebody who is a novice and or somebody who is really experienced, right, and has all of the, uh-huh. um, all of the skill set. So we want all of our products to do that. And this will be another way for us to get into that. You can grow with the product. Right. In terms of other pieces of the pie. Joel Zimba, would you like to talk about some some of the new uh, the new Braille stuff? The new Braille stuff, the new Braille stuff, the APH, the new APH Braille, Braille stuff, Horizon, Horizon, if you will. So there are two new products. They were both announced at ATIA a few weeks ago, and uh, we are manufacturing for uh, the American Printing House two devices. One of them is going to be a twenty cell Braille display with a Braille style Perkins keyboard. It's going to be called the Chameleon. And the other one is going to be a 40-cell Braille display with a regular QWERTY keyboard. And it's going to be called the Mantis. I like these uh, animal Ah, themes they got going. Yeah, Yeah, part of the Braille trail. I've seen them both, and I really like them. I can't wait to get my hands on one and really put it through its paces. And uh, as we saw earlier when we, we demonstrated it to some folks here at the school, uh, they got a pretty warm reception. So I'm really looking forward to carrying those in my bag of tricks all through the year. Yeah. Can you, can you talk about the functionality and what, what the chameleon will do? I was, I was impressed. Sure. So the, the chameleon, that's, that's the one we have with us here today, is going to have an, an editor that's going to save documents in DOCX format, and you'll be able to save them in, in BRF as well. And there's going to be a calculator. And the, the part that I really like is that it has Wi-Fi connectivity built right into the device. So you can hop on Bookshare or NFB Newsline and download books and periodicals directly to the device. Yeah. So and it's it, going to be a great reading tool. And it has storage. Yes, it does. It has storage. It has the it has SD internal card. Um, SD card slot, a USB 
uh, for thumb drive slots, and then it uses USB-C charging. And the reason why it's called the Chameleon, ladies and gentlemen, the most important part of this is you can choose what color you want your case to be. It can change with your mood. Now, I know that I know that Mr. Kelly over here, he's always in a different mood every day, right? And he can change his case to match his mood oh, every nice. single day of the week. Wow. It will come with three cases. You can only be in three different moods. <laughs> and you can change those cases. We're, we're going to shorten the weeks to day. three days. We'll get you black, now we're now we'll get you talking. Black, we'll get you black, blacker, and blackest. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's really neat, though. We're really excited to have a new 20-cell Braille product that's going to be a smart display so it's, it's going to have the connectivity as, as joel said and it's going to have your editor um, as well as calculator and things so we're, we love that and then the other flavor mr joel zimba is uh the the mantis the 40 cell braille display with the uh with the qwerty keyboard and obviously a, a larger device 40 cells instead of 20 and I'm I'm personally really into this. I have always been a keyboard user. I can type Braille pretty well, but I think, and when I'm writing, I think in terms of, of a QWERTY keyboard. We're aiming to have the first smart Braille display, uh, which is your full Braille display. Yes, your, your internal capabilities, which we've seen on many displays before, but now to bring in the connectivity, it's very cool. And have a file manager and, and all of those things. So we're very excited. Both will have five simultaneous Bluetooth connections. You can jump between your phone and your iPad and your MacBook and your Windows PC and your second iPhone if you're really wildly popular. (laughs) And oddly um, rich. And oddly rich. (laughs) You know, and you can kind of float through. So we we want to just move this whole thing forward. And when you talk about then the future future, right, beyond these devices that are coming within a month or two, uh, we look at what will the products kind of look like on the braille side in terms of graphics or multiple lines or trying to bring in you know when when humanware when we look at our blindness products we have kind of lived in this world of a linear braille display for a long time sure and we want to try to get into the world of 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 multi-line or the world of pictures or the world of new types of synchronization um cloud content you know the workplace is very connected so what can we be doing to make that experience on an iPhone or, or another device even better for a blind person um, and, and more just more inclusive and more more succinct cool all right that's great let's jump over to Paul real quick and man you've been on board for how long now just over three weeks three he's weeks in. he's, he's a newbie over here in the midwest right what do you, and, and how are you liking it so far? You've been around. You, I'm sure glad you, you came around here to OSSB today to meet everybody. You've been around your territory in three weeks, uh, getting out and meeting people. Uh, I have been off and running uh, as quickly as I possibly can. Peter and I have hit the road uh, in week two and uh, traveling and visiting customers. And then uh, I was in at ATIA and... Uh, Last week we were up in the Chicago area and doing uh, I my a- kind of town AER oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> show. So uh, uh, now we're in Ohio and uh, we're going to make the best of it. Hey, all right. Certainly love having you here. Just love working with you guys and uh, just appreciate you taking some time to uh, stop on by. Um, I do want to talk about low vision wise too, right? Uh, if you want to talk about. The reveal, maybe you guys are distributing some other yeah. uh, low vision products. Absolutely, I mean we we have the uh, the Explorer Five handheld magnifier. We have the Explorer Eight, uh, which is more of a desktop model, but it, uh, it's a great product and uh, it's picking up steam for us. Uh, we also have the Connect uh, Twelve, that uh, is a desktop unit uh, mainly for education, uh, that gives access to students uh, with a built-in calculator. Uh, download Bookshare um, magnifier. It has a distance camera and uh, the ability to go into the Android side so you can actually use the uh, Google side of things. Sweet. All right. And uh, we do have the Reveal uh, 16 and the 16i that are the desktop CCTVs that have an 18-inch Android pad and uh, have the same capabilities as the uh, Connect 12. Mm-hmm. We're doing really well with those. That's great. All right. Well, that's wonderful stuff, guys. 
uh, it's a lot of innovation going on with Humanway right now, it sounds like. That's our jam. We're hey. all about innovation. Hey, that's great. And, if uh, we were a restaurant, we would be called Something 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 Fusion Cafe. <laughs> there's anything else you want to add before we close out? I will... Uh, I would just like to yep. thank you for having us yep, and rocking through the podcast, man. This is I, this is impromptu, buddy. I know it. We're, we're winging it today. We're winging it today because they came in and uh, Paul's like, hey, man, you got this mixing board here. What do you use that for? Oh, yeah, I got to talk about the podcast a little bit. He actually, and so he, now I'm doing he wanted the podcast. Paul, he wanted Paul to play in his band, but we haven't yeah. heard his music yet. <laughs> that's the next step of this uh, whole process. <laughs> right. But it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank thanks. you very much. All right, we have come to the conclusion yet again of another podcast, guys. We hope you enjoyed the content we had for you this month. Yep, absolutely. There's a lot of exciting things going on here at the Ohio State School for the Blind. Very busy. Very busy. Hey, 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 Mr. Kelly. And Matt, yes, Matt has a joke for us. Hey, Mr. Kelly. Yes, Matt. Can February, March. February, March? No, but April, May. <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. That was so funny. How many goals? Very much so. Awesome. All right. Well, on that note, we are going to uh, sign off for this month. Can't wait to see you back here again next month at the end of March. Hopefully, all of us will be rid of colds and the flu and all these bugs that are going around. Unless you're me, and then you'll just be getting them. (laughs) And springtime will come. Yes. It won't be so cold. Then we have allergies. All right. Well, thank you That's so much for tuning in. We'll see you next month. <laughs> well, we almost got the timing right there, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Until I decided to open my mouth, and then, and then it was gone. And it's all about the allergies. Yep. Of course. That's all right. Allergies, they just, the music had to stop because they're so important. Well, because the music might get allergies. <laughs> the music got all allergies. Right. Well, that's well, we'll fix it next month. Uh, <laughs> or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just leave it like that. I oh. love that. <laughs> but it's just, this, this podcast would not be, could not be, what it is without, without you. you. Thank you. <laughs>